today in Jesus' name. And the church said? God bless you all. If you give Jen a hand, she's going to be coming up with the message. Yay! Pastor Steve. Um, so, good morning and Merry Christmas, everybody. Before I get started this morning, can you please bow your heads? We're going to go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Father, please use me to deliver your message this morning. Speak through me. Let your words and truths, not my own, be conveyed and allow them to resonate within the hearts of your church. I love you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. So today, I'm going to be speaking about seasons. Not too much in the literal sense, but more so in a spiritual sense. So what is a season? In the literal sense, a season is a period of time that is marked by specific climatic conditions like spring, summer, fall, or winter. Or perhaps maybe even certain climactic events like baseball season, basketball season, football season. Go Vikings! For no other reason than the fact that they wear purple. <laughs> now in a spiritual sense, a season may be defined as a period of time that is marked by specific changes or happenings in your life. James 1-2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. These moments or seasons or periods of time are meant to grow you. They're meant to show you and possibly teach you something, thereby better equipping you so that you're able to change or so that you are better able to endure or understand or maybe even overcome whatever has taken hold over you. Easier said than done. But each of these seasons shouldn't be frowned upon or shied away from, but instead, they should be greeted and welcomed. Because it is in yet another example of how very much God loves us. He loves us and he cares for us so very much and he wants what's best for us. Which is why he continually teaches us and grows us. Now seasons are easy enough to understand, but the time aspect is more difficult to grasp. Which brings me to your first point this morning. Get unbusy. Yeah. Okay, yes, it's a word. It's my word. <laughs> Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for everything under the heavens. Time is a tricky thing. Some people have too much time on their hands. Most haven't gotten enough. Sometimes time can run away from us 
and in some instances, it just simply escapes us. Now, figuratively speaking, I tend to wear many hats at once. So I normally have either a really large purse or at times two purses, one for containing my regular purse type contents, wallet, brush, sanitizer, snacks, etc., and the other with my planner, notebook, youth ministry supplies, Tums for James, snacks for Janiah and Genesis, <laughs> potatoes for Josiah, chocolate-covered espresso beans for me, wipes, first aid, Narcan, anything I could possibly need for the day. On October 19th, uh, 19th I was busy as usual. In fact, I'm going to show you something, and it's something I'm not particularly proud of in hindsight, and it is a season that I'm currently growing through, and I'm learning a lot from. So this is my planner. And I'm going to go ahead and go to October, since I'm talking about October 19th. As you can see, I have something to do or somewhere to be every single day. Except for the 11th. I didn't have anything to do that day. I probably slept when I got home. But on the 19th, I was busy, like I said, as usual. I had um, taken off work early that day because I had uh, Janiah and Genesis's uh, parent-teacher conferences. So there's police in the church. So I drove the appropriate speed limit <laughs> to my house to pick up my girls, and then I drove appropriately to Keao High School and attended their conferences. Now after the conferences were over, my planner said that I had a Pathway to College meeting for Janiah at 5.30, and then Bible study thereafter. However, as we walked to the car, I checked my phone and I saw that I had received a text from a friend of a friend who I've known her who I've known for years, as long as I can actually remember. See, my friend has struggled with a lot of things throughout her life. Two of the most prevalent in this season were alcoholism and smoking. I can't tell you how many times and ways I've tried to help or even force her to quit. There were many occasions where I'd even let myself into her house. Yes, I'm that friend. I'd go through her cabinets, I'd take and dump every liquor bottle down the drain, and break and flush every cigarette and flush it. Now, did, did that help? Nope, not at all. Matthew 24, 36 says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. It took me a really long time to realize that when someone has a problem, they've got to want to change. And that'll only happen when they're ready to first admit they have a problem. Or when, unfortunately, they've hit rock bottom and there's no other way. You see, some seasons are short, the lessons are quick and straight to the point. Others are really long, and perhaps last years. And sometimes 
you can have all the factual evidence in the world right in front of your face of why you should or shouldn't do something. And yet, you still choose, we all still choose, to do it our own way, the hard way. Now, I had been praying for change to come in this season of my friend's life for as long as I can remember. And I suppose it was a season in my own life as well where I realized that I can't change everything. The funny thing about seasons is that sometimes they come gradually, like how the leaves change from green to golden brown in the fall in perhaps like, I don't know, Washington or Oregon, somewhere that's not here. <laughs> Sometimes seasons change abruptly at the drop of one of my many hats. You see, the text message I received that day was from my friend's roommate asking for me to call her as soon as possible. It seems that my friend had been not feeling well or acting herself for several days prior. And at one point, she even blacked out and seemed to more recently be having like a seizure or something. After speaking to my friend, I urged her to get to the hospital immediately because in talking to her, it seemed as though she might have possibly had a stroke or something. As her words were so hard to understand it, it seems as though she was just really weak. I took the girls home, I got changed, I kissed my husband goodbye, and this is my chance to put him under the bus, but here's where I throw my own self under the bus. Because I kissed him goodbye after snapping and arguing with him, which is one of the byproducts of always being so busy and not communicating my plans well enough. That's my fault entirely. As a disclaimer though, I should note here that I hadn't had any breakfast or lunch that day. <laughs> So, you know, there's that. Anyway, I headed straight to the hospital. Something I forgot to mention, this friend, I know she's watching. She's still super stubborn. I'm praying for that too. I sat by her bedside for hours and prayed and tried to keep her morale up. The doctor finally came in and said they'd be admitting her because after millions of tests that they had run, they found that large clots had somehow made their way into both of her lungs, restricting the ability for oxygen to flow freely and causing her heart to be overworked. The proposed course of action was to start her immediately on blood thinners and keep her for observation. I was told that she would be in good hands, but I knew that because I know that God was up in there. But I was told that I could go home and rest. I was about halfway home that night and my phone rang. Again, there are police in the church. I answered the phone using the button on my steering wheel. <laughs> my phone was on the other seat in one of my purses, I promise. It was a nurse at the hospital. After receiving and reviewing the scans, another radiologist called the hospital and said that the blood thinners would not work fast enough and that he was coming in and instructed them to get her prepped for a procedure as he needed to go in and extract the clots immediately. I was told not to return to the hospital until the next day as I wouldn't be able to come in again until visiting, uh, visiting hours reopened in the morning. But they would keep me in the loop of any changes. 
Ephesians 5:15 says, "Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise." Time is a moment, an hour, a day, a year, or any period given to us. Time is precious. For some time may only be a few more moments, and for others, Time may still be many years. After much prayer, my mom was released from the hospital on October 27th. She has since been alcohol free, has cut down tremendously on smoking, and I'm still praying on that, but I am so proud of her. One step at a time, praising God along the way, and she has been making much better choices with her health. She even dropped a noticeable amount of weight, which I'm jealous for, <laughs> as an added bonus. <laughs> but being rooted in the word and promises of God helps us to learn from wisdom instead of consequence. However, we must also realize that God has a plan and a purpose for every moment, every season, every step, and every breath of our lives. Which brings me to your next point this morning. Number two, God's timing, not mine. Proverbs 16:9 says, a man's heart plans his way but the Lord directs his steps. So back to this planner. Yes, it does keep me organized, productive, and on task. But you see, the reason why I mentioned that I'm not proud of it is because it's a constant reminder of how many times I get in my own way and I stretch myself too thin and make my own plans without checking with the ultimate planner upstairs for the direction and the instructions that I desperately need first. So how do we get ahead of this? How do we let go and let God? How do we greet these seasons of uncertainty? By trusting God, by just letting it all go, laying whatever it is at his feet. No matter what season you're in, you may be thinking that you're the only person in the world going through whatever it is you're going through. Newsflash. You're not. You're not the first, and you're definitely not going to be the last. Growing in the season that you're placed in gets a lot easier when you fully surrender yourself to God and begin walking in his light, his truth, his promises reading his word, and seeking him in all things. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. So yesterday, while reviewing my notes for this message, I read this scripture and I thought about Maunoloa. I thought of how for so long there had been stirring and rumblings 
and earthquakes beneath the surface until finally it breached the surface. Kind of sounds like each and every one of us as we encounter the various seasons in our lives. I continued reflecting on the now erupted lava as it slowly creeps forward and how new reconfigured land is being forged and created. New beauty. It made me think of all of us, each at different points in our season, in our walks, but all slowly forging ahead, being remade, reconfigured, and growing in Christ, all on God's time. Your third point this morning is you are never alone. So over the last few months, I've had the immense pleasure and blessing of being surrounded with some very, very special people each Saturday. Our daughter, Genesis, is an athlete with the Red Waves delegation for Special Olympics. Now, my original plan was to take her to practice each Saturday and then come home, take care of my things, but again, that was my plan, not God's. So there are two parts to bocce ball, which is, if you don't know, it's like basically lawn bowling. Um, there's the doubles division, and there's the unified partners division. So in the doubles division, the athlete, who Genesis, and a partner who is also an athlete compete against another team of two athletes. Then the unified division is where the athlete gets to form a team with someone of their choosing, someone who isn't an athlete. Enter mommy. <laughs> After a few practices, Janaya even decided to join in as well and volunteered as a unified partner for another athlete who didn't have one. In this season, both literally and spiritually, I have learned so very much from these athletes. They are so very warm and kind and generous and resilient. I've gained so much perspective in that all of my seemingly big things are actually so minuscule and insignificant in comparison. Even when our bus broke down on the way to a tournament in Kona because the coolant somehow came running down the aisles as we were driving, and we had to stand in the blazing sun on the side of Saddle Road for almost three hours while we waited for a replacement bus, these wonderfully amazing people chose to not focus on the problem. I, I don't even think it phased them, but instead, they were singing songs and just enjoying each other. There is no truer definition or example I can come up with of your next verse this morning. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. A couple of weeks ago, our group of 36 basketball and bocce athletes and their coaches and partners and chaperones included were blessed to be able to attend the state games at Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam Air Force Base in Oahu. There were two days of competitions and award ceremonies and even a banquet and a dance. 
Now my girls don't know I'm sharing this and I'm sure I'll catch an earful later, but I'm just so proud of them. Your last verse this morning is Philippians 4, 7, where it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The upbeat morale of the group continued at the airport on Sunday, even when our flight home was delayed for over an hour. I sat there taking it all in and appreciating the season I was called to. Smiling from ear to ear until the coach made an announcement. Track and field season would be starting in January and he wanted to know who'd be signing up and I sat there thinking, ah, Genesis hates running, she ain't going. Until I heard her voice. Genesis announced in front of everyone, I'll join and my mommy will be my partner. <laughs> Wait, I just hope she doesn't pee her pants when she runs. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's a real possibility. <laughs> but I'll try my best. <laughs> I counted, I have 41 days until we start practice. I am no more ready than I was two weeks ago. <laughs> I was mortified, dead, but after a long glare and period of silence and words under my breath, I found peace and joy that at 16 years old, she still wanted her mommy to tag along wherever she went. There are moments and seasons that we will face, undoubtedly, Make a choice to let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, resonate within you and guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. Season's greetings, have a wonderful day, and Merry Christmas.
Hello? Wow. Jennifer, thank you. What a wonderful message. Uh, especially appropriate for, for this time of year uh, when we can get so busy, you know, trying to remember what, what really matters. Um, and when, when I think about, like, here at this church, you know, every first Sunday of the month, we get to take, take part of the Lord's Supper or uh, communion. And I was, as I was preparing uh, to think about, you know, communion, what, what, what these elements represent. And they represent the new covenant. It, it, it represents uh, new beginnings, you know, a, a, a new chapter. And um, it's, <laughs> when, when you think about a covenant, it's like a contract, you know, uh, between two parties, right? One party's supposed to do something and another party's supposed to do something. And Father God says, you know what? I'll love you, I'll protect you, I'll guide you, I'll bless you. That's my part. God our Father says, that's my part. But then, he looks at us, or he looks at me, and he says, Son, Jesus, come, come here, come here. Um, this is Walt. That's me. Um, son, he's not going to be able to keep end of his end of the bargain. He's not going to be able to keep the covenant. So what I need you to do, would you be willing to go to the earth, live the life that he wouldn't be able to live, but also die the death that he deserves to die? And Jesus looks at the father and says, Okay. Okay. So he came. God the Son came in the mortal flesh, took on mortality, left the presence of God, came to earth, and lived the life that we couldn't live, and died the death that we were destined to die. That's what these elements represent. He paid the price. You know, and and we, we do this in remembrance of what he's done. It's, it's not to shame us or condemn us or make us feel that we're not worthy. Because we're not. We're not worthy. But God says, get over yourself. I deem you worthy. Because I sent my son. And he said, yes. So on the night that he was betrayed, <coughs> he took the bread. And this represents his body. He blessed it. He broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body that has been broken for you. You know, he was, he was bruised for our transgressions, you know. He was wounded for our sins. The, the, the chasing or the chastisement of our peace or our righteousness with God or our justification was placed upon him. And by his stripes, the scars that he carried on his body 
the nail prints in his hand and in his feet that he still carries to this day. That's the only man-made things that are going to be in heaven are the scars that Jesus carries. So take eat. Thank you, Lord, for your body. And likewise, he took the wine that represented his blood. He blessed it. And he says, this is the blood of the new covenant. As often as you take this, you do this in remembrance of me. The blood that washes us clean from our sins. That washes us, makes us white as snow to be able to stand in the presence of the Father and look at him face to face. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Father God, we thank you for, for your love that was poured out, evident by your sending your son to this earth, Lord God, to pave the way for us to be redeemed, for us to be restored. And our part of the bargain is just to believe Father God, to believe it's that it's all by grace, that we can't earn it, Lord God, because you did all the heavy lifting, and you just say, come unto me. Come unto me, all you that are labored and heavy burdened, and I shall give you rest. Father, we thank you for the peace and assurance that we have in our salvation by grace, Father, through faith alone in Christ Jesus. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Walt. And uh, Jen, where you stay? Thank you again for sharing with us, um, sharing your family with us. Wonderful, wonderful message. Thank you for reminding us how we should be in this season. And I am very, 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 very grateful that I will follow you next week. I got two weeks before that, so Pastor Scott, you got your work cut off for you. Before I have you stand and we sing our last song, Julie, I'm going to ask you to step to me and then come by, step towards Grant there. And I want everybody to look as far as you can in the back. So you guys never see him this morning, eh? but Brother Josiah is playing drums with us. I'm grateful for him because he just lowered our average age on this team by 30 years. He's, he's done a great job this morning, yeah? And um, we, we look forward to him serving with us more and more. And I want to say this. If, if our young ones can serve like this, and I'm going to encourage all of our young ones, get involved in this church. Maybe it's not on this team. Maybe it's anywhere in the church. But serve people. Serve God. Um, it's the greatest, one of the greatest things you can do with this life that he's given you. I'm going to encourage you to do that, especially in this season. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so would you stand and let's take it out by telling it on the mountain this morning.